Welcome to, in general, episode 102. I am your host today, Assis. I am joined by Outpost resident musical genius, Caleb Burnett. Caleb, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> hey, I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Jurassic World, it's getting close, and it feels like it's almost an overwhelming amount of stuff out there right now. I feel like there's a lot of sensory overload with Jurassic World Dominion stuff. It is. There's a lot. Um, I I flew back. I was in New York City for a bit. I flew back to L.A. today. And uh, in New York City, Jurassic World Dominion was everywhere. Every yeah. subway station, like billboards in Times Square and all over the place. And it was it was awesome to see. Honestly, I was taking pictures all the time of all the ads and stuff like it was great. So. Now, the Times Square one, is this the ad with blue and beta that's kind of on the screen? Is that the ad that's in uh, running up in Times Square? Yeah, there's it actually like rotates between two different ones or oh. three different ones, actually. So um, it, there's a, a 3D moving thing with blue and beta sort of like jumping up onto this uh, tree trunk and sort of jumping around and interacting yes, with each other and then running before, yeah. off. Um and then, uh, but between each one, it goes to like the the IMAX Jurassic World Dominion poster, and then like the the glowing amber logo poster with all of the characters around it. Right. Um, and then it goes to the other 3D moment, which is the uh, is actually super cool. It's the Quetzalcoatlus like flying in and landing in this giant nest, and then like snapping its beak around, and it looks looks like it's protruding from the screen it's it's super cool and then it uh flies off and then it goes back to those posters again and it sort of rotates between those two but it's it's in times square so it's huge it's huge and eh? yeah it's very cool it's very cool i know i know for me i'm in edmonton it's about a city of a million it's nowhere near the size of like new york city but it feels like even here it's like every corner i turn now it's like oh a jurassic world dominion things it's this it's this it's that or that you know like yeah. I'm driving to my um, like my pharmacy to pick up some stuff, right? And what do I see at the Carl's Jr. A Jurassic World Dominion uh, like thing on the window. Of course, I have to stop in, right? So I'm, of <laughs> yeah. course, and they have like the uh, the combo, and you get like a, a sweet shirt if you gotta get the combo. So of course, I bought the combo twice, like two shirts. Why not? That's uh, <laughs> you know, like I. But speaking of also like the Times Square thing, like posters. Like I know there's a lot of posters coming out too, like. One of the favorite things for me, I'm not sure about you, Caleb, is like I'm a big fan of like when a new movie comes out, a bunch of artists and like you know how Ryan's also like done wicked things for movies in the past, like a bunch of artists come together and start doing a bunch of like 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 one off like paintings, I guess paintings or uh, illustrations and things. I love mm-hmm. that type of thing. But also the movie people like the movie posters that are like theatrically released are like my favorite thing for some reason. I don't know why, but like the new ones for some reason, Claire once again has the best poster. I know in Jurassic World, when they did this before with the Indominus, the face-to-face one, best one, and now yeah. we have, like, kind of the Dilophosaur and, like, Claire kind of scared again. Like, Claire is, like, the coolest character, but it's kind of upsetting how she doesn't get any, like, big media attention like Chris Pratt does, eh? Yeah, she she deserves she deserves all the attention. Uh, I, I agree, so actually. I I thought the face-to-face poster was super cool um, back in yeah. 2015. Um the Del Officer poster is cool. Um, and and out of those character posters, I also really enjoyed Grant's, like with yes, the with the Dimetrodon like sails sort of yeah. behind him. That, course, that was some people naturally thought also Spinosaurus, but no, no, or, it's not, yeah, it's <laughs> something, not, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> and 
that's uh, that's interesting that they like chose that that moment for his poster like because yeah. he's like seems like he's down in a mine or something exactly. and so yeah it, it feels like each of these posters kind of have like the moment for the character so we see ellie she's kind of it looks like to be in like the farm area where we see the big flock of whatever it is of some sort of insect right and yeah. we have malcolm in the control room which we see him and uh i think it's ramsey cole played by mamadou ati we see them mm-hmm. a lot in that kind of area and we see like you said him in a mine so and the dimorphodon in the back so is that kind of grant's kind of big action sequence as you know is he in the mine running away from he's, Morphodons. he's got the the torch diamond like on sorry yeah no grant's got the torch and um with the malcolm poster like it really it really hit me that it's been like 25 years since we've seen malcolm like just seeing him older well i mean he looks great but it's just like, like they all look great they all look great Fantastic. It, it hit me it hit me like oh this is this is it it didn't hit me as jeff goldblum it hit me as like oh this is malcolm 25 years oh, wow. later and like yeah I, I don't know with that that poster it just sort of hit me with that but yeah speaking so, of yeah. like you know how we mentioned earlier like uh jurassic world seems to be literally everywhere um i know we tried to i know you also mentioned before that you're trying to keep the amount of footage you see kind of to a minimum myself included this time around like i'm trying to watch as few things as I have to, to kind of get away with it, you know? Mm-hmm. But like I said, sw- scrolling through Twitter, you inevitably see some sort of clip like, uh, I don't want to see it, but I got to click on it. And I clicked on it <laughs> and it was, uh, it looked like a Snapchat kind of thing of Ellen, but Ellen, sorry, Ellie Sattler. Oh my God. I'm so confused. I'm so excited about the clip still. That's why I'm, I can't even talk about it. Uh, it's Ellie, uh, the big three, essentially the big three at the bio yeah. facility. And it's like, Oh, it's, it's like Malcolm just talking his weird science talk, and it's just like Alan being like, "What?" I'm like, "This is perfect. This is the they <laughs> capture the essence. The essence is still there." I know a lot of people, like I know myself included, was worried about them potentially losing their kind of essence, but they kept the dynamic the same way. And I kind of absolutely kinda, were you able to see that clip? I I haven't seen that one, um, but like I I saw like glimpses of it, and I saw people talking about it, and it. Like, I don't know, it may, it may, even that just makes me happy, like seeing people's reaction to it. So it just puts a smile on my face. Like, it's so giddy. Just just every interaction I see between them. It's like, I hope I just hope I know Sarah Harding is in the picture. Potentially not anymore, though, but would love to see uh, Ian Malcolm hitting on uh, Ellie Sattler just for old times. Just in the, <laughs> Ellie Sattler kind of, you know, pushing him back as, as she does. I would love to see that again. Future future ex Mrs. Malcolm. Uh, who knows how many Xmas Malcolm's he's at at this point? <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Speaking of posters, like, um, so the i and the IMAX poster, which is like that sort of metal circle thing with the Rex. Oh yes. behind it, the Rexy. Yeah. Um, I thought like when I first saw that IMAX poster, I thought it was just sort of like very some... odd, right? Well, it's it's a interesting thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a word for it. Yeah, interesting. I thought they would just like made up a an image or like a you know but like but then i started i've been looking at some images and stuff from dominion and like so i don't know if it's at biosyn's facility or where it is but like there's that that thing in the imax poster is in the film it's like yeah it's like it's like a part of like a wall or something it's a a wall with like a ring or something and maybe it has some function but like What's cool about that that I kind of realized, which is which makes the poster kind of cool, is that it's like it's almost like a real life version of the Jurassic logo because it's like a T-Rex coming into yeah. a circle. 
exactly <laughs> so yeah. it's that's kind of a cool way to do a poster but yeah. I, I i think i've actually seen the clip in this and i forgive me if i'm wrong but i think i saw some rain in there some nighttime rain and some oh yeah of, yeah uh, and enemies? a flare and a flare too exactly so I, yeah we... i wonder if they're gonna do that in yeah. the film sort of recreate the logo in real life or something that would be cool i mean it looks like it um who do yeah. you think is uh holding the flare there because it looks like from the clothing that we see on the person's arm maybe Maisie. Uh, yeah i to be honest with you i didn't even notice the clothing on the arm but i mean yeah my my first thought was ian but yeah Whenever something comes out, any piece of footage, picture, even art or like a poster, it's like, okay, dissect this segment by segment. You get this segment. You get this segment. You guys get this pixel range. Find every little Easter egg. It's like we're almost trained to look for these Easter eggs at this point. Absolutely. And I like I keep noticing new new things in these Mm -hmm. uh, Dominion posters. Like um, there's one that's in the marketing a lot of like blue and beta in the snow with trees behind them. Yeah. Um, and for the first time the other day when I was looking at it, I noticed that there's like this abandoned bus in the back. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. I was like, Oh, okay. That's interesting that that's in there, but yeah. And then fun fact, apparently if potential spoiler for the next like 15 seconds, if you don't want to hear it's not nothing consequential, but apparently according to a kid's book, the school bus is where, Velociraptor Beta and Blue now live, kind of oh. often like that's kind of like their home little area. Okay, and I actually think you see the bus too when uh, when uh, Owen's running through the jungle after Beta after she gets captured. I think you can kind of see the bus in the background too. So okay. I like how they're like kind of giving it's like oh the interesting piece of scenery in that one scene. It's like oh that bus has like this oh it's connections connections everywhere. Yeah, well, and I got I got sort of dystopian vibes from it sort of like an abandoned sort of thing which is cool so yeah almost kind of planet of the apes uh imagery in a way kind of like the animals are taken over but we know that's not the case but kind of the same vein of uh, imagery but speaking of animals taking over guys news caleb so viral marketing is finally out we have been waiting a long time. People have been asking for it. And of course, it's finally out. And like we expected and hoped for, it's kind of like a report, dinosaur reporting website, if you will. Kind of uh, human sightings of dinosaurs as they kind of appear in other environments across the planet now. Not even just like, as we thought, just North America. Like, for example, I saw a bunch of dinosaurs in India for some reason, which is like, how did they get there? So, Caleb, though, what are your thoughts on the marketing? How much have you dove into this so far? Uh dinotracker.com um it's fantastic i think it is such a cool way to approach viral marketing for a story like this um it's so extensive there are so many dinosaur profiles on there yes um and there are so many locations on there there are some hidden items on there um apparently and there is some new uh jurassic or you know there's some new jurassic lore but there's also some sort of uh reinforced jurassic lore yes on there um because like you have the uh the video of the escaped pteranodons from at the end of jurassic park 3 and what happened when those were you know recaptured and taken back to isla nublar which is sort of tying up 
you know, story from 20 years ago. Um, and you also have, I mean, maybe my, my favorite thing, my favorite little piece of lore on this website is on the Atrociraptor profile. Yes. It talks about how yes. uh, they believe the raptors were engineered from wild raptors on Isla Sorna because of the color resemblance and, and things like that. And I, I think that's very, very cool. Um, People always say, you know, bring their old raptors back. But like, this is a really good way to kind of bring the old with the new. Like, I'm like, what, like you said, like, that's my favorite part of like the new canon that we kind of got too. Yeah, I think it's a, I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes you can't get exactly what you want. And <laughs> this is yeah. uh, this happy is a happy compromise. Yeah, this is a really, a really cool way to, to bring that in. So yeah, and, and also just, I mean, just today I was noticing some tiny little details there are so many tiny little details on the site like mm -hmm. you know image credits and and things like that like some of the images are credited to biosyn which is really cool also and like so, yeah. yeah speaking of like little even easter eggs i know if you guys check out one of the compi um data entries this is my like second favorite point obviously like why wouldn't it be i think everyone knows where i'm going with this when i'm uh <laughs> when i'm speaking of here but in the compi uh, like data point, there's a like a compi in like a little raccoon cage, and it's sitting on like a bed of a truck. And underneath, on like kind of like the tailgate or whatever part of the truck that is, um, you see a Kirby Enterprise sticker, guys. And yep. it's like it's like it's still around. Like I've the fact that like I gotta give it up to Chaos Theater and the guys, the Jack like Jack Ewins, uh, like Sam, Chris, like the uh, Sam, uh, like there's two Sams there actually. Yeah, yeah, there is, yeah. Um, yeah, I gotta give it up to them. They really, they are making this feel kind of not just a Jurassic World Dominion kind of marketing, but like a site for all of Jurassic World, if it makes sense. Kind of, not yeah, I mean, world, but like the you entire know, ramifications. Yeah, the entire franchise, honestly. Franchise, like, yeah, exactly. Um, really, a true culmina a culmination, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Probably this is on my end, not unlike anyone else's uh, else's end, but. I'm very bad with tech now. Like for some reason I used to be like, I'm not like 50 years old. I'm like a normal <laughs> aged dude. Right. But for, for some reason tech has escaped me now, but um, I couldn't find any of the, uh, the hidden like Easter eggs, like the special, special ones, like not just like the surface level ones. I know that we were searching and talking earlier, Caleb, but we weren't able to find like the biosyn, like redacted documents and things like that really. But we do know they do exist because people are posting about them on Twitter. But Am yeah, I we're 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 leaving them. We're leaving them for uh, you, the listener, to find. There are uh, there are some hidden redacted documents from Biosyn about uh, you know dinosaurs being all over the globe and the abuse of this technology and the things that happened with Dennis Nedry and all kinds of other stuff. So they're there to find. It's hard at this point not to assume that we're seeing some sort of 1993 flashback because at this point, the Barbasol can, there's just too much smoke. Where, like, and where there's smoke, there's usually fire at this point. I'm pretty sure we're seeing some sort of 1993 flashback. There's just too much evidence and supporting like facts for it. I really think, you know, the length of the film, I think, leaves, leaves some room for that. And um, I really think, there's going to be some sort of tie to Dodgson and, and everything in, in the form of a flashback or in the form of, of something. So, 
yeah yeah it's like i know you don't really necessarily have to like set it up and give it like backup story like to like really you can like do that within the movie without going flashbacks you can do everything present time but for the fans like if this is really truly the last time you might see these islands and these characters like why not you like you said you have the time to play within the runtime give us mm-hmm. like a quick segment a little like not even have to like be a minute it could be less than a minute in and out island uh quickly justify what biosyn's been doing and like what happened after their failed plan like i would love to see that if this is really the final end of this chapter of the jurassic storyline you know absolutely and like something that jurassic is known for is like these cold opens to Mm -hmm. each film there's like an inciting incident each time and so i thought at first that like you know maybe maybe that's when the flashback to nedry or nublar or, or something is but also like just thinking about it now it could be like you know when we meet when we meet Dodgson at whatever point in the film, whether it's midway through or something, and and he he starts explaining something, and we and we see it as he's talking about it or something, that would be cool too. Yeah, so, Jurassic Park's never really played in that type of time space kind of jump. Have am I wrong with that? We never actually seen like during mid movie them kind of jump back in time, have we? Not that I can think of. Right, no. not that I can think of either. So that's going to be interesting to see if Jurassic kind of expands this into the way they tell their storyline which would be interesting but it would also be interesting if kind of during like if they gave us like the 1993 intro scene if we kind of see Dodson involved in this kind of see his play within the company and see kind of how he went from this kind of guy boots on the ground to ceo steve jobs kind of thing yeah but it'd be interesting to see if he kind of survives like a dilophosaur attack and like at the end of the movie perhaps if he gets killed by a dilophosaur it's like kind of setting it up it'd be kind of like yeah, it's revenge. It's revenge. Yeah, it's like you said um, at the start of the movie. Gets absolutely. No, I wanted to say one more thing about the viral marketing stuff, yeah, which is sure. that um, the the Twitter account, the social media stuff, is also really fun. Fantastic. Like, yeah, all of those tweets. Um, the one, the one today was about the San Diego incident, and it was like a oh, a yes. snapshot of the a snapshot of the moment that Sarah Harding tranquilizes the t-rex on the on the ss venture which is just so so cool so like this is like this is what i'm talking about this is where universal really does kind of get it right with their fan like community kind of like this is all fan stuff like this is yeah these guys at chaos theorem <clears throat> they're not like they're not these random guys who are just like bored guys you know like execs who don't care about like or not even exact like marketing guys who don't care about the franchise like these are like guys like us we, we we know them we've communicated with them like you yeah and, like you and me listeners you guys have probably talked to these guys on twitter a bunch too like they're so ingrained in the franchise so it's so nice to see universal like recognize that and because of that they're able to give us such a cool like like dino tracker's wicked like and like the fact that it goes into lore and like ties things in it's so nice to have like fans of the franchise creating like canonizing the things we've always wanted kind of and just making it part of like the lore now I find that really cool and like really awesome by Universal Ab- and Chaos. They've done a really good job with this. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Like they've picked the exact right people to like get those tiny little details that people like you and I and everyone else notice to get them exactly right. And it, it just makes it makes it really valuable and it makes it real. So, yeah, absolutely. I would love to after the movie comes out to have some of like our people back on like uh, Sam. She works there. Chris, I would love to have him kind of like talk about the process. And I'd love to get Jaros back on like the artist they have on board too. Big, big friend of the show, of course. And uh, 
we'd love to have as many, many of those guys on and kind of talk about the process now that the trilogy is wrapped up. I would love to see how they went from kind of Jurassic World into what we have now. Like, was there a roadmap? I have so many questions to ask them. I'm sure you're the same way, Caleb. Like, <clears throat> so yeah. many things I want to know. Well, because they've gone from the Mas- Masrani Global site for yeah. Jurassic World to Dinosaur Protection Group. And, uh, I mean, the other one was Extinction Now, the the people who wanted the dinosaurs to die. Right. <laughs> um, and then now they've got Dino Tracker. So, like, this is all this is all years in the making. So A final fun point. Um, for all you younger and newer listeners who probably weren't around before, when, like, Jurassic World's marketing was kind of kicking up, but the guys who kind of do this stuff now, they started as, like, a fan site. They made a fan site for what we thought based off, like, deadline reports and like trade articles what jurassic park 4 aka jurassic world was going to be at the time we have very little information like before Masrani, it was called like patel corp or something so what these mm-hmm. guys did it was that they went like ahead and just made a fan website kind of like how Masrani global was but patel corp i guess universal must have seen that or they pitched that kind of thing to them and it took off so that just shows you like uh if you're listening to this and you have a great idea absolutely go for it like you never know who's looking like it just goes to show you like a fan site turned into three movies of marketing like that it just shows you right there and even Caleb look music man doing he's working (laughs) officially now with uh, a franchise he loves like it just goes to show yeah if you're if you're good at something keep keep doing it keep working at it so yeah exactly never let anyone get you down speaking of getting down though something that won't be getting down is the box office receipts for the Jurassic World's final movie in its franchise because it's looking like it's clock gonna clock in somewhere between 165 million and 205 million now for people who don't follow box office or don't care this is a very good sign because if it hits these numbers Jurassic World uh Jurassic World Dominion is not going to be the end of the franchise in fact it's going to start spinning off even more because these numbers are a top tier these are MCU Batman Star Wars type levels so just for reference for people who don't know or aren't tracking Jurassic World, the first one, came out to a record-breaking $208 million. Back in the day, this was absolutely bonkers. I don't know if, Caleb, you were around like following it back then. Yeah, People totally. blew up because this took down Avengers for the biggest movie opening weekend, which was wild. Jurassic World did that. <laughs> I had still shakes from like, it's crazy. People love it's- this stuff. Well, it's fantastic. It makes me it makes me happy that it's so successful. Yes. And like, yep. it. I mean, it has the potential to be like one of the biggest films of the year for sure so absolutely this could beat out like doctor strange for like the highest grossing movie of 2022 and just for reference again guys like even fallen kingdom it didn't like it made less than jurassic world did sure but not a amount to scoff at either 148 million dollars like these are not kids numbers this is cements for me that Despite what you may read and see online about people giving hate to Jurassic World and calling it a bad movie, the general audiences are here for Jurassic. And it just shows people don't want just superheroes and like random actions. People want the dinosaurs. They want the Alan Grants. This makes me so happy. Caleb, thoughts about the box office? Um, I mean, 165 to 200 million, like especially, you know, as the pandemic winds down and movie theaters are coming back after struggling for a long time. And like, it's, it's significant. And, um, you, what you said about like, that's, that's my response 
when when people trash the franchise it's like i mean whether whether or not you like the this new trilogy like sure, yeah the the first two of the trilogy have grossed a billion dollars worldwide they like they've passed a billion dollars but worldwide both of them exactly. and so like and this one is is on pace to probably do the same because like what you're what you're mentioning is opening weekend in the u.s this is just opening weekend numbers guys yeah yeah and so yeah it's it's gonna this be successful is, so. the numbers on this by the end of like when all is said and done box office like finito we could see Jurassic World Dominion. I'm. I think it's going to easily outgross Fallen Kingdom, which made 1.4 billion. Like these numbers, guys, are ridiculous. Like, I don't like when, when Jurassic World came back. Jurassic Park four. Did anyone in their right mind think Jurassic World would be a billion dollar plus franchise and breaking records to like this level? I would never thought this. Well, sure, and like, in Jurassic World was the first Jurassic film in 15 years. And so I think it, it showed that people wanted it. And, and in the same sort of in the same way, like Dominion is, you know, going to be the, the last big Jurassic film, at least for a few years, probably before we, we spin off or we do something else. But like, I don't know, I think just because of the way it's being marketed as, you know, the epic conclusion and all of this, like it's, it's definitely gonna, it's going to be successful. And, um, the, the story will give it justification to like have more Jurassic films and have spinoffs and things like that. But like the box office is also going to do that. So. I like people. Sometimes I know people have, I've seen this a lot. have uh, been like, Oh, who cares how much the movie makes? It's the rich just getting richer. Yeah. But, the risk getting richer means more Jurassic stuff for us. So it's good <laughs> at the end of the day, because like I don't want Jurassic to end it because we'll get into this later. It's actually a Twitter question about this kind of thing too. But sure. I want this, I want the Jurassic to go forever. Like I just want this to be a part of my life that's just now every couple of years I have a Jurassic film to look forward to, and this is my life now moving forward, like Star Wars. Every <laughs> yeah. couple of years, I got a Jurassic. I'm happy. I was I was that? talking with I was talking with someone in New York who's like I mean, they they enjoy the Jurassic films, but like they're not like a big fan or anything. And mm-hmm. uh, we were talking about Fallen Kingdom and Dominion, and uh, she said something like, "Oh, this this one's probably going to be the last one, like forever, right?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> like there's there's no well, I mean, like one, I don't want it to be, but like also like there's no way that Universal Pictures is gonna." like see this franchise that's made them like six billion dollars over the last seven or eight years and go ah let i think we're finished like they're gonna want more so of course of course and it's also important to note everyone that also what else universal's second biggest uh, movie money-making movie franchise is fast and furious and that's on its final legs now too so I really don't see Universal being like, okay, that's $2 billion franchises complete onto the next one. So I, I really don't see that. Well, um, and uh, yeah. no no offense to anyone who's a fan of uh, Fast and Furious, but uh, <laughs> those Jurassic World franchises is a much, much more intriguing, much more entertaining, much higher quality franchise, I would oh, say. Oh, high but... quality. I like Fast <laughs> and Furious. I do like, me and my sister have no, a very I, special I do, place for it. I do too. I just think that like... I know I what you know. mean. I, think, I know what you mean. It's a different yeah, like, type of movie. Absolutely, yeah. So, 
but Universal, either way, I know you're listening to this, number one fans. Please don't stop. Just keep going. Give me some, like, I don't even want movies going forward, Universal. Just give me TV shows, please. Thank you. Yeah. Speaking of TV shows, guys, uh, let's shift to the smaller screen. Um, let's talk about Beyond the Gates. Uh, Chris, yeah. Jack, and Caleb, you guys do Beyond the Gates. Everyone knows this. You guys put out the bangers every month or so. And uh, we get to see the, the newest upcomings from uh, Mattel. Caleb, can you kind of just go through uh, this week's Beyond the Gates and kind of recap what we saw? Yeah, so uh, this month's Beyond the Gates is really cool. Um, every Every month, I feel like, it's a special episode and it's really cool. And then like the next one is, is even cooler. Cause like Jack and Chris come up with some really cool stuff. But um, this one is uh, for the month of May. It's the Hammond collection, Alan Grant, Triceratops and Ceratosaurus. Um, Alan Grant and Triceratops are from Jurassic park. And the Ceratosaurus is from Jurassic park three. Um, and they all look fantastic. This is like, I mean, in my opinion, it's the best Triceratops Mattel has ever made. And it's so articulated. The the paint deco is is incredible. Yeah, it that and that they talk about that in the episode, like uh yeah, the folks at Mattel. Yeah, so good. And, and for those of you who are listening to this and can't see our camera. <laughs> Sorry, I'll give a video aspect. Like, coming to <laughs> was like laying on his side as if he were a triceratops. But um, yeah, no, they talk about that in the episode, like making the toy to where it looked good standing up and laying down, which is so cool. Like Mattel puts so much thought into these things. I mean, especially the Hammond collection lately, but like it's it's all three of these in this episode were so well made. And um, in this episode, um, it's it's really special because uh, there's a portion of it that sort of turns into uh, a VHS tape and it's like a behind the scenes thing of Stan Winston and his crew working with the Triceratops animatronic on the set of Jurassic Park and talking about how Stan Winston wanted them to throw dirt onto the animatronic to make it look animalistic and make it look natural. And then, you know, Mattel talking about how they wanted to like replicate that with the paint job of this toy, which is very cool. And um, that was that was fun for me just because um, in that VHS section, I sort of made the music sound as if it were like part of the VHS tape, made it sound like retro and old, which was cool. And so, yeah. Um, and before I forget, um, there's a special uh, Generation Jurassic recap episode of Beyond the Gates uh, happening too. That So be on the lookout for that. It should be happening soon. But yeah, so. That was my next question because I did actually watch the video and I did have in my notes, like I got kind of emotional. I, I even wrote my notes were so nice seeing Shay and Stan. And by that, I mean uh, our friend Shay, uh, Shannon Shay from the earlier Jurassic. He's in this. He he actually narrates over some of the episode, was, does he yeah. not? Yeah. Which yeah. is so nice seeing and hearing from him again, friend of the show. And of course, when Stan Winston came up and he's like having fun at the camera, kind of doing his thing, it's, it's so he was just so full of life and it's, it's so nice seeing him even in the modern day. I know he's unfortunately not around with us anymore, but I love seeing how much of a presence, even his work in the past, even has today, like truly a generational talent. Like I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. He's I, a, I love, I love it. He's a legend. And I love, I love when Shay says, uh, we get to play with the, greatest dinosaur the toys ever made yeah, yeah. like it's yeah. so cool and it's like that just made me imagine like getting to like play with the animatronic which must have been so cool but 
And yeah. speaking of play, like I don't, I don't even know how many times when I was a kid would take my Triceratops toy and try to recreate the scene from uh, uh, the original movie where like everyone's around the sick Triceratops, and now the leg would never stick out properly because it would have to be always parallel or perpendicular to the ground because it has to stand <laughs> yeah, up, right? Yeah. But, but when they're like you said, they're talking in the in the in the episode that like they went back and looked at all like the earlier designs and like the the artist the artistry and everything, and they finally designed like a leg where like you can kind of like rotate it and have it look like the the scene in the movie. And it's like I'm I and obviously besides the fact that it's a really well detailed and like nicely painted figure in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. I, I gotta get this just for the sole fact of I want to recreate with all my like Alan Grant, Ellie, and like all the all the like the kids there too, and I want to have that scene because like that's my favorite scene in the first movie because it's just so powerful. For of, sure, of course, I want to recreate that properly now that we finally got the trike with the leg. Absolutely. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, well, and uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if it was Chris or Jack who shot that moment with the toys in the episode, but like you can you can literally put put Alan on the Triceratops chest yeah. as if it's that moment from the film is great. But yeah. But yeah, like speaking of toys now that we have it and speaking of legacy, it's like, it's so hard to speak about all this stuff without having a huge smile on your face. Cause <laughs> I just love to talk. I love talking about Jurassic Park. It makes me happy. Um, totally. It's hard to talk sometimes like, with the damn smile on your face. It's a challenge. Um, speak sexy Ian. Like we have a sexy oh, Ian yeah. figure now. How yeah. crazy is that? Mattel, like this is Mattel, right? This is, is this Mattel's specific type of different line? I'm not too familiar with this. Like, how does this line compare to like, say the other 3.5 inch or 3.75 inch line? Cause they so, come with like a box and everything. Oh yeah. So this is, this is Mattel creations, which is sort yeah. of, I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's still Mattel, but it's sort of a separate, like, section let's say where they get to sort of do do special things like they did the mm-hmm. the ray arnold final scene set that came out last summer um Excellent set. with that cool with that incredible box that yeah. opens and has the flashing lights, lights and the raptor and, and his arm comes off exactly as if it's the that scene from jurassic park so they get to do these cool detailed you know extra uh, box set toys and so and I I didn't even know this Ian one was coming until a few days ago and then all of a sudden it's it's all over social <laughs> yeah. media and it's it's a super unique thing like I mean I Funko has made the Ian Malcolm sexy you know laying with his shirt open yeah. moment but like this is this is almost even cooler because it's like it's it's Ian Malcolm's book that opens up and then on the inside it's Ian laying in the control room there in that scene from the film. But yeah, I, uh, I, I did get a pre-order in on that this morning with oh yeah, nice. spotty, spotty airplane Wi-Fi. I was a little nervous for a second, but I got it in. So <laughs> like, I'm, I'm liking these creation figures because it seems like they're doing, Oh, they're not constrained by the fact that, yeah, they're making figures for kids. Like, yeah, it's still kids line, but like, this figure has like not even this figure, like the previous one, Ray Arnold arm comes off. That's pretty gruesome for a kid toy, I guess, kind of. And then this one, <laughs> yeah. Ian Malcolm with painted on like squealy hairs on his chest. Like, yeah, I love his little chest hairs. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta get this. This is like I think this is the one I'm gonna get and have because whenever like I go to the Universal Studios, Jurassic Park in Florida or or L.A., um, 
I like to strike the sexy Ian Malcolm pose. If you follow me on Insta, you can find that picture there. <laughs> it's my favorite picture. It's because it's so iconic. And of course, whenever I go there, I'm going to carry that figure around now with me. So I'm going to bust it out and have it like right in front of me as I do it. It's going to be great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm a Jurassic Park fan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, uh, you know, the the Jurassic World trilogy sort of like reinvigorated, revitalized the films obviously but it also sort of like restarted everyone's attraction to the toys and so you have these fans who are kids now but you also have fans who have been around for 30 years mm-hmm. and so you can make toys for both of those demographics so exactly and the fun fact about the like the guys who were kids and who are now adults like myself and you and I mm-hmm. we have a thing that you kids usually don't have it's called the uh, disposable income if you're not responsible it can be dangerous we dangerous. have uh we have adult <laughs> money yeah 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 we got we got paid to get uh we go to work so we can buy Jurassic toys yeah that's exactly right and you know what i'm okay with it bring it my way um because another thing i'll be frivolously spending my money on my hard-earned money will be the grant and dimorph dimetrodon am i saying that right dimetrodon dimetrodon sorry yes that set looks cool as hell. We saw it in the poster, like we mentioned earlier. And I, I mean, wicked set, wicked set, right? Yeah, it it looks fantastic. the The colors they chose for the Dimetrodon yes. are are great. Um, and this is like, you know, Mattel already put out an Extreme Damage Dimetrodon this year, and then there's the Alan Grant Dimetrodon set, and there's at least one other Dimetrodon coming too. So like, we're getting. It. We're getting three Dimetrodons at least from Mattel this year after like the last one they did was at least a few years ago. And so exactly. it's it's awesome. So it reminds me of almost like a Jurassic Park three set, kind of like uh for some reason when I first saw this, I don't know why, like I kinda of harkened back to um the Jurassic Park three set where it's Alan Grant with the Raptor and the bike. I'm like, Oh, this is a sick set. Instantly reminding me of childhood, so I gotta get that just for that reason. Sure. And uh, similarly with that one, they also revealed the Kayla Watts and Pyro Raptor. Mm-hmm. Kayla Watts, like this character, I did not expect her to have a presence as she's already having, and I'm all for it. I think she is probably the new character, aside from the original three, that I'm most excited for. Absolutely. Yeah, like, and I've and I've she's I've heard it. that I've heard that her character is fantastic in the film and um Wanda Wise was at Generation Jurassic and exactly, yes. talked cool about that? talked about her character and she's I mean Dewanda Wise is a badass herself but um yeah. I I think Kayla Watts is also going to be a badass in this film and um I don't know if you saw the video or anything of Dewanda Generation Jurassic but like she I did yes of course yeah of course. she talked about reading the Lost World book and loving Sarah Harding and Sarah Harding being a badass and infusing that into this new character and like i both dewanda wise and kayla watts are just fantastic they're they're i'm so glad they're a part of jurassic now so it's gonna be awesome you said badass like that's a great way to describe like the energy i'm getting from kayla watts it's like pure badass don't mess with me kind of energy like i'm not taking i'm not taking your crap kind of thing you know yeah, Dewanda used the word capable. She was like she was talking about Absolutely. Sarah Harding. Sarah Harding in the Lost yes. World book is is very capable and she was like so she wanted to bring some of that to Kayla Watts. So um Jurassic Park yeah. that's great cuz Jurassic Park's had like a history of having very strong 
female capable characters, you know, like Ellie. Badass women. Yeah, absolutely. This franchise is all about the strong, empowered woman. I'm all about, I'm all about that. So I'm very excited to see what she brings to the table. And it seems like she's absolutely. playing a large role. She's all over the place. It looks like after Malta. Yeah. Oh, well, and so the other thing I was going to say about that Alan Grant set was like something that's cool about it to me is that it's it's Alan Grant but he's in different clothes. Like he's not in his classic Jurassic outfit. He's in these different clothes, which is something that's cool about the Jurassic park three set too. It's like you have Alan Grant in the new, in a new way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I wonder what part of the movie, that part, that the dime, how how do you say it again? (laughs) Dimetrodon. It's so hard. Dimetrodon. Yeah. Sorry guys. (laughs) I swear. Just like technology, the ability to say dinosaur names has left me. It's really weird. Triceratops (laughs) is getting kind of hard these days. But we'll get we'll get I'll work on that. I'll get the I'll get it sorted for the next time the Jurassic franchise comes around comes around. But uh, <laughs> like yeah, what where does this? Like, I know we know that it's in a mine shaft probably just mm-hmm. based off the fact that Alan Grant's walking around with like a torch, mm-hmm. and there was some sort of um, image that I don't know if it was leaked or it was um, released through promotion or whatever merchandising. We know there's an area called the Biosyn Mines, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, I was going to say, it's the uh, Biosyn's facility, which is in the uh, Dolomite Mountains, yes. which are in Italy, I believe. Yes, I think so. And um, that's where their facility is. And apparently there are, if I remember correctly, what the uh, little blurb said, it was the there are amber-rich mines yeah. in this location, mm-hmm. um, which I assume... I mean, I assume that's a big reason that they're located there. Like, that's why Biosyn chose to put their facility there is because of these mines, I assume. But um, why why there are dimetrodons in the mines? Why yeah, right? why uh, why Jurassic characters are going down into these mines? Like, I'm I'm interested to find find that out. But yeah. I'm just so excited to see what sequence of events happens where Alan Grant goes from being like taken away by Ellie. He's like, oh my God, not another one of these adventures. Why each time <laughs> I do this? Like at this point, this guy has the worst luck. Like literally no one, like he can't go anywhere with anyone. Like you can't trust well, it's like she's, she's at his dig site and she's like, you, you coming or what? And he's like, there's no way he's going to resist that. So yeah, you can't say no, but like, Alan Grant, buddy, you got some bad luck here, dude. You, you got to stop going <laughs> places with people. If I'm Alan Grant, I'm not getting on a plane with anyone unless I'm the pilot at this point. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not going to any dinosaur places. <laughs> well, I mean, I love Alan Grant, but if you if you write a certain number on a check, he's probably going to come with you. I think he's learned his lesson. I hope they try that in this movie. And like, he's like, no, no. I'm not, I mean, I'm yeah, may, maybe he's finally like, <laughs> nope, but. Oh, we I gotta maybe, pay me first, boys. I think uh, you know, cash. maybe maybe Ellie is his justification. Maybe he wants to go after her again or something. So see, that's interesting you say that because just today I was watching some behind the scenes footage. At this point, guys, we don't we're gonna stay away from talking about every little bit of behind the scenes footage and clips moving forward, just because at this point they're either just small extensions of the scenes that we've already seen and talked about, or because there's just so much that it'll be just not worth it at this point. Cause it doesn't really at this point show too much that we don't already know. Yeah. But one thing that kind of triggered me on that was uh, there was a behind the scenes of uh, it was Claire Owen and then uh, Sattler and Grant just under like the tarmac or wherever they were. It's behind the scenes goofing around between sets or whatever or takes. And 
they were talking about, or Sattler had a ring on mm-hmm. that Grant gave her 25 years ago. And then, uh, then Sam Neill said that was like the last or first and only first and last thing, romantic thing that Dr. Grant ever did. And then my heart, it just started hurting, dude. It's <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, I don't believe in romance anymore. I hope <laughs> they get back together. I really do. I don't care. Time heals all wounds. Yeah. That's, that's what I was taught. It's been, it's been 30 years. So speaking of 30 years though, Caleb, see guys, transitions are awful. They're very on point. Um, 25 <laughs> years of the lost world guys. This is another end. It's so weird hitting these anniversaries. It's like, Oh, which anniversary is it for the lost world this year? 25. What? It's like, 25 it's been around for years. 25 years now. Happy, happy 25th anniversary to the lost world today. Happy 25th to everyone listening guys. We love lost world here at outpost. Don't we? I I love the Lost World. It's 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 my favorite sequel. So, um, I unfortunately Jack is not here and Chris is not able to uh, talk to the Lost World, but we already know his thoughts or their thoughts on it. They absolutely love it. Yeah, I will share a fun story for the Lost World now. Now that I have you guys, not necessarily a fun story, but I'll tell you how much Jack and Chris like the Lost World. I'll throw Alex in this during our road trip after the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park in California. We went on a road trip up to the north and back down to the south during this road trip these guys are so obsessed with the lost world that i think at one point i was falling asleep at this point but at one point we were listening to the movie fully like the movie was playing without visual on our drive (laughs) so we were listening to the movie and these clowns these three guys alex chris and jack are just saying the words word for word that's not only are they saying the words it's beautiful but like the best part is they're not even saying the words. One guy, I'm like the guy to my right. Alex is like singing the song, is like the flow of the soon, and then Jack's in the front. He's screaming like Dieter or like the guy getting Stomp Carter, and then Chris <laughs> is saying the dialogue in like weird ways. I'm like, what is my life? These guys <laughs> love the Lost World. Yes, they do. Like, yes, we honestly though, I I joke a lot about the Lost World and hating on it. I don't like it, but I have watched that movie. I've run a tape to the ground watching that movie as a kid. I have a very special place in my heart for Lost World. And the final thing I'll say about Lost World is the music, the score in the Lost World. People give it unnecessary crap sometimes. I've been seeing it recently from certain uh, in industry veterans. I'm not going to name any names, but I, kind of funny. If you know who they are, they they have a wrong take. They said this is the worst music in the Lost World, in the, in the entire franchise. Oh, wow. They're wrong. It's the best. Well, yeah, I... It's, it is like no other Jurassic film score. It is a completely unique thing. Like it's so like melded to that film. It just fits it perfectly. Like it's yes. The Jurassic Park score is one thing. And then Jurassic, the Lost World score comes along and it's this wild jungle i mean it's it's music it's for Sorna. it's it's so it's so wild and great and it fits the film perfectly so it also just shows how much of a genius john williams is and how Absolutely. much like he, he takes every score it's like each score is inspired right he's like oh okay i'm just doing the next version of the jurassic park movie he could keep it very similar to the first one it worked people loved it but mm-hmm. he did a full 180 on this guy and gave us like this jungle driven intensely like tribal music and like you said it's fantastic and 
this would well, I don't want to talk about this too much because I want to keep this as out of Caleb's ears and out unspoiled as possible and you know <laughs> get universal off us but the soundtracks uh some of the some of the clips from the soundtrack did leak and those are out there now guys and for Michael Giacchino yeah. yes for Dominion yes correct yes and Giacchino back with his funny punny names uh great as usual uh I if you were able to listen to it uh good I was able to listen to one of the tracks and I will say the Lost World inspiration is very evident. Okay. And I'm very excited about that. I don't know if that's Michael G. Chino and Trevorrow for the, the love of the, the franchise and the, the, the movie that they have, because we've seen it a bunch now. They've done it a lot. And I think it's it won't be played as like a, a little a flare here and there like it was before. It yeah. seems like it's more integral to the DNA of how the score was written. And okay. that's why I'm excited to sit down with you, Caleb, after this after the movie comes out and kind of do like a one-on-one or like a breakdown on the music. Cause I'm very fascinated by the choices of instrumentation they've chosen this time around. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to just give us so much more to talk about moving forward as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. We're going to sit down and break it down and discuss it. Um, but your, all of your thoughts and comments and all of the comments I've been seeing on Twitter about the new music, which I, I haven't listened to yet. I'm someone who likes to, and it's not just with Jurassic. I like to wait and listen to the score with mm-hmm. the film the first time and then listen to it separate from the film afterwards. But, um, and so I want to do that with this too, but like your comments and thoughts and everyone's comments on and thoughts on Twitter. Like I've really been in, enjoying seeing them because it like I've seen, I mean, overwhelming majority, like positive, like this is mm-hmm. they're both that like, people are really enjoying it and that it's like, it's very Jurassic and it has Jurassic thing, you know, familiar Jurassic things that they like, but also like uh, you've said this and a couple other people have said like, there are some new, new fresh things that you weren't expecting mm-hmm. in a Jurassic score, which, which makes me very happy and very yes. excited to hear. Cause like, I, I, I want to know what they are and like what, they're associated with in the movie and and yeah, all that. I know so. it's it's like it's I I, I have a, a little bit of a music background as well, Caleb. Not as much as you. I played music throughout my entire life. I still do. Yeah. So from my like stupid perspective and like not as like you're the wizard, you're the you're the boss, you're the king. We know this. Like, well, I want to <laughs> I want to see like a like someone who's much more well versed in like the more technicality and, and like the intricacies of music. I want to see what your take is on in is on this, especially and how it relates to Jurassic, because I just want to see if you think it fits. I know it sounds good, but I want to see the fit. That's what I'm most excited about with you. So that's going to be fun for sure. But now, guys, my favorite time of the show, Twitter questions. So the first question we have comes from Joshua Malone. This is on Twitter. Um, This is a question we've kind of touched on before, but let's just quickly touch on it again, because it's there's so many things that can be answered in this question. So I'm, I'm going to see if I can get a different answer for myself this time. Question is, what's a plotline, moment, dinosaur, or character that you don't want to see in Dominion, Camp Cretaceous, or future Jurassic media? So I know mm. we've answered this question, but like I know I've said things in the past, but one thing I don't want to see the, this, Caleb, I want, I'm going to give you time to think for your answer too, but I want you to be with me on this mm-hmm. one. I want you to hold on to your chair tightly because I'm about to say something that might be very controversial and what I don't want to see moving forward from the Jurassic Park franchise. All right. Okay, I'm holding onto my chair. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to see an emphasis on dinosaurs. Now let me let me put a caveat on this. I believe the future of the Jurassic Park franchise, Jurassic World franchise, is no longer solely going to be based on 
just Jurassic Dinosaur movies. It's now going to be a universe, kind of like a Crichtonverse. It's kind of where I hope it's going to go. And within that time, within that kind of context, I want to see Universal move away from the dinosaurs and into other aspects and other storylines, but still have the dinosaurs there. So we can be like, oh, this character is doing this, but oh, there's a Brachiosaur over there because it's Jurassic Park is in this universe now kind of thing. So that's kind of what I want to see, if that counts. I No, I get that. Um, I mean, there are, uh, there are many non-dinosaurs going to be in Dominion. Um, there's a, there's a list, there's a Listrosaurus. Um, I mean, we're, and I think, I think a cool place to take what you're saying is, um, you know, let's, let's use this cloning technology to bring back, uh, ice age creatures. I would say even let's just wait, let's just move away from cloning in general. Let's just have it okay, there yeah. in the universe. It's something that exists. It's been happening. Jurassic World exists. People know. Oh, hey, remember when we went to Jurassic World like ten years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like that type of thing. No, exists. no, yeah. That's kind of. I know what I you mean. I well, because I think I mean one of the themes of Jurassic Park is you know playing God with technology, mm-hmm. and that that doesn't just apply apply to cloning. It applies to artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. It applies to exactly. all sorts of other things that. that that Michael Crichton has written stories about um, yes. stories like micro um, and, you know, other things are escaping me at the moment, but like there are so many others of those kind of technology run rampant stories that could tie into this or spin off of this. I wouldn't mind seeing like an so, update in drama strain or even Congo. I have a soft spot for Congo. I don't know why. Yeah. So um, yourself, though? my answer to that question um a plot line that i or a dinosaur or a thing that i don't want to see um i don't know that's that's hard for me to answer like mm-hmm. i have something that i might say but like what i'm going to say first is that i'm someone who enjoys pretty much everything that the Jurassic franchise has done in the last, I mean, since Jurassic world, like I enjoyed camp Cretaceous season four a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I, it's weird as hell, but no, it's good. There's good. There's great moments in there. I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot just because it's just so strange and Mm, so unexpected. And so like, I don't know, like I like, I like being surprised and I like, you know, um, you know, Camp Cretaceous season four, we have these, I mean, artificial intelligence that's, you know, causing issues and that's, that's not to what you said, like, that's not dinosaurs. That's a whole other thing that's causing issues in the same universe, which is, which is a cool thing. Um, if I love one of my favorite things here's here's maybe a plot line that maybe i here's a plot line that maybe i don't want to be taken too far let's put it okay, that way sure yeah let's um it. one of my favorite things about fallen kingdom is the mazy plot line i love the idea that you know we can clone dinosaurs why why wouldn't somebody try to do it with a human being um but you know there are those weird uh fan fictions or other things out there where we oh, no. where we clone John, 
well where we clone John Hammond and oh, we no. bring John Hammond and we bring John Hammond back or something. And I think, I mean, while I would probably eat that up and watch the hell out of it. <laughs> okay. Um, like I think, I think that would just be taking it a little too far, but at the same time, like it's, that's what Jurassic is. It's like, making mistakes with technology taking technology too far mm-hmm. and it's and doing things like that so like i i think the the human cloning cloning element is absolutely feasible absolutely relevant and and great um but like i don't think we the and i don't think the Jurassic franchise would ever do this but like i think going as far as like bringing some known character back through human cloning i think that would be going too far but it's yeah. time to bring so. back Dennis Nedry. The world has had enough of <laughs> Dennis Nedry's. <laughs> is there enough of is there enough of him left after the Dilophosaurus was done? He can go but. through the remains of the poo poo. I'm sure there's some leftovers <laughs> yeah. in there. That's how animals work, right, guys? Next yeah. question is a fun one. Actually, no, it's not. Next one's a sad one. What will you guys <laughs> do once Dominion and Camp Cretaceous season five have come and gone? Will you keep creating Jurassic related podcasts? If not, what future personal, professional, interest goals? Are you looking forward to pursue? My friend, Niels. I think this is Niels, by the way, guys. This is Niels. Um, we're not going anywhere, my friend. We're staying around. As, I, as, <laughs> as far as I know, I hope I hope I didn't miss a memo or something. Oh, no, no. Uh, my, my response to that is like, you know, four years later, we're still discussing Fallen Kingdom. Exactly. We're still, I mean, 30 years later, we're still discussing things about Jurassic Park or the Lost World. Like, and so I think these stories are going to provide discussions and and content and all of that sort of thing for for a long time. And we're going to get more films and spinoffs probably too. So yeah, there's no way this is going away. I'm like, we're all friends here, guys. Like no one, like we're all friends. Like people, like we, people hang out with each other off offline and stuff like that. Like the community is a beautiful place. Outpost is a it's like a family, guys. Like we're we don't plan on going anywhere. It's like we are friends. We like talking to each other about this stuff. So as long as we like talking to each other about it, I don't see why we wouldn't be around anymore. As far as I know. Yeah, I mean, there's still gonna be there's still gonna be toys. There's still mm-hmm. gonna be merchandise. There's still gonna be all of that kind of stuff, and it's gonna continue for a while. So. Yeah. So we got the personnel, guys, and the material to talk about. So do not worry. We are <laughs> going to be around. Jurassic Souls comes up with the next question. Um, what are some nods and references to the first three uh, park films that you guys want to see in Dominion? I'll let you go first because I want to. I'm going to think about this one. Okay. Um, I've I've had this conversation with a couple people, um, and this is this is one of many things that I would love if it happened. But um, something that I think about a lot is the fact that. Uh, both Malcolm and Grant have both been to Isla Sorna. Mm. And so they're about to be reunited. So even if it's just one line or a a moment or, or anything that brings it up, like, is there going to be some sort of, Hey, remember, remember (laughs) that time we went to the other dinosaur Island and like, all that crazy shit happened. Like, <laughs> are we gonna? Are we gonna? That's sort of a nod yeah. that I would appreciate. Is like, hey, remember that time that we've both been to Site B? So, 
yeah. I don't know how it. W- I don't know how it would be brought up or how it would happen, but they've both been there. So the only one that I can see, like it's tough because all like a part of the Jurassic Park formula, or the Jurassic World formula at this point is well, no, yeah, Jurassic Park in general. The, the formula for the franchise has become to kind of reference shots from like the earlier films. And mm-hmm. I don't know why they keep doing this, but like it feels like in the newer ones, they keep referencing shots in the first movie that they've referenced like in the previous. Like what I'm talking about is like, for example, like uh, the interior looking out to the dinosaurs kind of shot. You know what I'm talking about? Like, mm-hmm. like what we had it in the gyrosphere, emulating the Jurassic Park 1 uh, T-Rex escape. We had it in Fallen Kingdom. Are we going to get it again in this one? We got it in The Lost World, JP3. Like those type of like consistent references that we've seen through all the movies i want to see those go away you can do new things we don't have to see the same shot <laughs> of the dinosaur going through the window and looking at it like this i don't need to see that sure. anymore um, we're always we're always going to be in awe of dinosaurs though yeah i know so. but it's like it's like the same shot it's like oh if you're looking up at the exact angle like this like the previous five i don't want to see those but <laughs> what i do want to see is uh, a quick, like a passing reference to Malcolm, just be like, "Hey, how's Sarah doing?" And then Malcolm's whatever response, mm. and then we know the relationship between Ian and Sarah, and that's set. We can move on with the story. Done. Are they together? Are they not I, together? That's it. Done. Easy. That's a that's a very valid point. I think that's a that is extremely relevant and something that could be referenced. Yeah, that should be referenced because at this point, like, yeah, what is their status because they were like kind of more, uh, but it didn't see, like they seemed like they hated each other in the Lost World. Did you feel that? I don't know. I feel like they kind of hated each other. Uh they had. They were. On they tense. were. Uh, they, were tense. they were too conflict. They were too T W O uh conflicting personality, like lifestyle types. Do you I think, think? Do you think they but, ended yeah. up together? And like, do you think they're still together today? Or is um, I think I, you know, I would like it if they were still together. Do I think they are? I don't know. I, I don't know about that. Um, I tough. think they, I think they at the very least still know each other. Mm. Um, I think they probably still talk if, if they're not like, you know, still, still very much involved or something like, I think they still speak to each other. They probably still, talk to Kelly or talk about Kelly. I would hope it's his daughter. Things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> I don't know. I hope we, I, I, do you think we'll see any mention or like, do you think we'll get any visuals of like Sarah Harding at all? You think in this, like an older Sarah Harding? I don't know. I, it's I really tough, don't right? know. I, don't, I want it. Yeah. I kind of want it, but at the same time, I don't want it. It's I, I want it for, so people are happy. I just want, that's all I want. Sure. I, you, you know what I'm saying, right? I'm happy because Alan Grant and Sattler are back. I want people to be happy with Ian Malcolm and his relationship. Sure. I, here's, here's what I'll say to that. Um, we've been talking through this whole pod about, you know, like the future of the Jurassic franchise mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, I think a Sarah Harding studying dinosaurs in the wild spinoff show or film or something would be awesome i think that would be so cool i think and, if and you get even if she's do it. yeah absolutely 100%. and i think even if she's like not mentioned or barely mentioned in dominion i think you could still do that absolutely so with a powerhouse yeah. actress like julianne moore if she has any interest whatsoever in coming back to this franchise then more than just a paycheck i think universal has got to jump at that because this is like a a powerhouse talent like this laura dirt also powerhouse talent but like 
the more the better. The more power has he got in the franchise, the better it looks to everyone. So, yeah, I'm, I woman, say do it. Woman inherits the earth. Um, that's, that's Jurassic Park 7. <laughs> got it, guys. Yeah. That'd be cool. I would love to it, make it an at least centric movie. And that's all I care about. That's, that's and maybe like, you know, there was there was a moment like last year or something when some website asked Julianne Moore, they were like, have you ever been called about a Jurassic movie? Have they ever contacted you? Are you any any Jurassic stuff? And Julianne Moore was like, like she said, no, they've never they've never called me. I've never heard anything. I and don't like, believe that. I don't want to believe. Well, that. and I I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to get anyone else's hopes up. Like, and I'm not going to because I'm just going to see what happens. But like, maybe she's doing the Andrew Garfield, you know, know Spider Man right? No Way Home thing. Maybe she's lying, but I don't know. I mean, like if. Okay, the way I see it is, if it's Malcolm's Malcolm's involved, if they're still together, Sarah Harding, we know how tenacious she is. Uh, she is, she's gonna be involved in a globe-trotting adventure. And what better way to bring like Sarah Harding and meet the original trio than with like an introduction with Malcolm and like having like the standoff and like it, ugh, my head spins like out all the possibilities that we could just get with this movie. And the best part yeah. is, it's like almost two and a half hours long. There's a lot of time in there, man. It's a lot of time. Yeah. You never know what's gonna come. That's true. Oh, before we move on to the last question, I don't know. Like, yeah, you mentioned you don't speak, you don't see too much footage. I don't want to see too much footage, but like I said, I was scrolling. I saw another clip. I couldn't stop myself. I have very <laughs> bad self control with clips. Um, I saw a nice little clip of Maisie and Owen just being like a family unit kind of thing at the at the lodge, and it was like, huh, okay. this movie has I time to breathe. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that one, but that that sounds appropriate and great yeah. yeah like essentially the only thing i'm excited about really from that is like yeah it's cool seeing like owen be like a, a like a proper figure now is cool and but like it's just nice to see like they have the time to do these little moments and like build the bonds up between the characters i'm like so pumped for that yeah um uh owen and claire are the the parents of the new world Oh, Maisie's... I gotta think Maisie's gotta be involved in the future somehow. There's no way. The, I, the way you guys talk just makes me, like, think. Like, parents of the new world. Are they Maisie's parents? Is she the new world? Human cloning. Future of the movies. Well, uh, and that's, you know, Mills Mills says that to them in Fallen Kingdom. He's like, you're the... what He said, He either says you're the parents of the new world or you're the mother and father of the new world. I think parents of the like new that. world, yeah. No, I was just gonna say, I. the last thing I'll say is... I know I know nothing about Maisie's plotline for this film, and so I'm really intrigued to see where that goes. Yeah, uh, I don't know what what's going on with um, Maisie. I don't even know why she's being kidnapped or how they found out she's human and why that matters. That would be interesting. But Caleb, I would, yeah. I've never asked you really this question before. I want this is a personal okay. question, and uh, okay. listeners listeners also participate by jumping in the comments and letting me know the following question, Caleb. Out of the five movies we have so far, are you able to rank the movies? Yes. Let's hear it. Uh, so my personal Jurassic ranking is Jurassic Park is number one. Of course. The Lost World is number two. Yes. So far, so good. It checks out. <laughs> this is where well, things on most people's list get the, a little dicey. The, the next one is where I diverge from Oh, a lot no. Of I'm scared. Let's um, hear it. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Whoa! Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> that's that's not um, as frequent. I don't see that often. And these last two are difficult. Um, this is scary. This is this is a test of real friendship. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say it, and okay. then I'll ex- I'll explain, and it will make you feel <laughs> okay, better. Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. So, Jurassic Park one, The Lost World two, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom three, Jurassic World four, Jurassic Park three is number five. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. Aziz. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. I, um, I, no, no, no. Um, but listen, so. Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, the franchise is my favorite thing on the planet. Hondo like, P. Hondo P. So just because I'm ranking these as far as like how I like them, like I would still rate them all like 100, 100. And like, you have mentioned this. Caleb has mentioned this before. He's being honest with this. He loves this franchise. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, so it's like. Even though it's one, two, three, four, five, like my ratings are still like 100, 199, 98, 98. Yeah. Like yeah. they're still like, I, I love them all. It's just like, that's just, there are more, there are more things and more moments I love about some of them than the others. But like Jurassic Park three is such an escapism movie for me. Okay. Cause like, it's such a it's a Jurassic film. It's this cool like I've talked about before about how The Lost World is an Ian Malcolm spin-off basically. Um Jurassic Park 3 is an Alan Grant spin-off basically. Great way to put it. Excellent way to put it. Um yeah. and so it is, like it is. Jurassic Park 3 is I mean it's all uh, we haven't seen Dominion yet but like it's it's the only Jurassic film to date where like we get to expand on Alan Grant's story. We learn more about Alan Grant and like, it's so, so different tonally and length wise and mm-hmm. the score is different and the cinematography is different and the direction is different in this film. And so like, I mean, frequently I'll just have the thought like, Hey, I haven't, I haven't watched Jurassic Park three in a while. And it's like, I, I love coming back to it and it's, it's fresh and it's, it's <laughs> yeah. new and it's nice. It's weird. And, but I, but I love it. Like I, as I've grown with the Jurassic franchise, I have grown to love Jurassic Park three more and more and like appreciate what it has to say about like Alan Grant's PTSD mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from yep. Jurassic Park and matter. with dinosaurs. It does matter. I've been saying it since day one. This matters in the franchise, guys. This matters. People always say it didn't matter. It did matter. I told you it mattered. It really absolutely, mattered. absolutely, it does. Absolutely. absolutely. And like, there are so many, so many little like visual and cinematic parallels in Jurassic Park three that are great. Like, and I'm going on a Jurassic Park three tangent, but like, but when I love, yeah, <laughs> I love when in the beginning of Jurassic Park three. Alan is talking to the parrot at Ellie's house Mm -hmm. and he's trying to communicate with it in the cage. And that's just like a direct parallel for him trying to communicate with the Raptors later. And like it, I, I love it. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) That's what you get at the in general podcast by Jurassic outpost. You get mind blowing thoughts. (laughs) Don't want to get too long of the teeth. Here, Caleb, but I gotta ask one more question here because what you okay, said has okay. got my mind turning because you guys get my mind turning when I speak to you guys about this stuff. Um, do you think when Dominion comes out, once all is said and done, that one now that we have a complete one to six movies, um, mm-hmm. 
Do you think Lost World is going to start feeling more of like a a spin-off like Jurassic Park 3, do you think? Well, I've like with with the Lost World's 25th anniversary today and this year, like I've I've just been thinking about the Lost World a lot, which sure, yeah. um I I love that movie. Um and I've I've been thinking about the Lost World and Jurassic Park 3 as spin-off films for a little while. Interesting, okay. Just because I mean not and I don't I don't say that to mean that like they they aren't part of the larger narrative yeah, or like not at all, not they're not part of canon or anything like that. I don't mean any of that. I just mean like you have the first Jurassic Park film where you have all of these important characters and yes. Malcolm Malcolm's not Malcolm gets hurt and he's not really in the second half of the film. And so like then like if I was if I was my age now in the nineties and I saw Jurassic Park, like the Lost World is not at all what I would expect from a sequel. Mm-mm. Um and so like that's that's why it also feels like a Malcolm spin-off to me, because all of a sudden we're completely focused on Malcolm and his life and the plot. Right. Completely centers around his personal mission and like we learn more about his life. We also learn more about Injun and about Hammond and about, you know, site B and the, the, uh, the operations of Injun and all that, but like, it's completely centered around Malcolm. Um, and then Jurassic Park three is complete. I mean, pretty much completely centered around Alan Grant and something that happens to him. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, yes, the answer is yes. I do. I do think of them as though they're, they're not like literally, spin-off films in the way that we would have a spin-off film like a solo today. Or rogue one yeah it's not like yeah that. i mean they're they're not like literally meant to be that way no, no. but like i i think it's fun to think about them that way and like i'm <laughs> spoiler but uh i'm i'm writing a like an opinion piece for outpost at the moment that i haven't finished yet but like about how the lost world is a spin-off like the jurassic franchise did did the the spin-off film with a with a lesser known character before it was cool. Like, wow. They yeah. You're onto something. They, I think you're onto something. They, man. they did it with Malcolm. Yes. hundred percent. So. Cause Malcolm's not the main character of Jurassic park. He's as technically a side character. Main characters are yeah. Alan Grant. Technically he's the main character and the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think I'm so. going to start looking at the lost world as a side off story. I've started, like you said, I've looked at JP three for years as a side story, a one off, if you will, for, for Alan Grant. Mm-hmm. Right. And now we're catching back up. In the main story, like the main, the storylines from JP are more connected in Dominion than they were in like JP three. They were like there, but like not as strongly as what it seems from JP one to six. Like that's the main sure. story right now. It feels like, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that's I'm exciting as hell. What you're talking about? I'm excited for this piece. But yeah, please continue. No, absolutely. And I, I, the last thing I'll say is that like I'm just really grateful that we have the Lost World in Jurassic Park three, because like. I don't know if those kinds of stories and those that kind of direction and all of that would have would have happened if it weren't 1997 and 2001. Thank but, God yeah. for the times that these movies and the people <laughs> that were around that these movies were. <laughs> thank God for Site B. Thank God for Site B, and thank God for joining me on another episode, guys. 102. Um, thanks for listening. It's been another great talk. I am like so surprised how quickly. Dominion has creeped up on us. It's only 17 days out from wide release. And Crazy. already today, tomorrow, like 
world premieres are starting to happen, guys. So be careful out there. If you don't want to get spoiled, be careful what you read and see on Twitter. Start muting words. I highly recommend that. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you uh, soon, Caleb. I look forward to speaking with more of the fam jam coming up and can't wait for Dominion. Yeah, I cannot wait either. It's so close. Excellent, guys. Thank you, Caleb. Nice chatting with you.